Hi there, my name is Russell and I'm pretty sure I have the greatest job in the world. I work at the video store, the one just down the road from you that you can go to once a week whenever it's movie night. Why I love my job is because when the store is quiet, I get to watch movies all day long and talk about them with my friends that work here. Today on the show, you're going to meet a new co-worker. His name is Gad. And um, you'll see, as the, as the show develops, I can't wait for you to get to know Gad. Uh, apart from working at the video store, for those of you who don't know, my main role and responsibility is owning and managing the Bioscope Independent Cinema here in Johannesburg. But another big, huge part of my life is I play bass in the band Short Straw and have been doing that since 2011. And joining me on stage is Gad, who plays keyboard. So anyone who knows Gad and knows Short Straw will know just how kooky this man is. Uh, when you are sleeping, Gad is up all night to, to all hours of the night making uh, rock candy. He has a company called Gaddle's Candy Company, and he makes incredible rock candy, which the Bioscope actually stocks. If anyone comes to the Bioscope, you can always see it at the counter of the cafe. So it's working out pretty good that whenever Gad comes to fulfill a order, we can quickly record an episode. And he, over the years and, and touring the world together, we have had many a chat about shows and TV shows and movies. The man is super smart, super well-read, has watched an incredible amount of content and and just it's just a really <laughs> unique character we have long since said as a band that we should have stopped making music many many years ago and rather been a production company that follows gad and his uh, very unique family around so i've i've really hoped that a lot of our unique characters can come through in the show as we have these chats a good example is at some point in this episode, Gad uses the word schlong, and <laughs> and that is okay. I think a part of setting the show up, I don't know whether you've noticed it, but I have marked the show as being explicit. We don't swear a lot necessarily, but I've wanted to preempt that because I think it's important that as these conversations happen and as we get more and more comfortable doing these conversations, our characters have to come out and our expressions have to come out and we have to be able to express ourselves in an in a, in a unfiltered way. And so if the word schlong is the word that Gad would choose to use to describe a male gen genitalia, then, then I want to let him be able to say that. So without further ado, uh, this is me doing a shift at the video store with Gad. So I had this song stuck in my head the other day. Yeah. Um, you seen? Well, I mean, I couldn't figure out what it was, but like I had it, and, and it was like this thing that was like repeating over and over again, and then I had it, and then it disappeared. Yeah. And then it kind of like popped back, and in my head I was like, "This is a Paul McCartney song." And I was like googling, and I had like remnants of the lyrics. It's kind of like that, 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 that podcast. Remember, I told you about that podcast about the guy who remembered the song, but they, no one could find it. Okay. There's a whole podcast dedicated to this. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. 
But um, yeah, eventually then the song came back and I'm like, oh, it's in one of those, it's in a movie. It's one of those time loop kind of things. Because yeah. remember, I think Groundhog Day was one of the first movies to do everybody, that. Everybody will forever compare any time loop movie to Groundhog Day. Uh, yeah, there probably that, that, were ones before. Like, I don't know whether Run, Lola, Run happened before Groundhog Day, but Groundhog Day is... It was a good four years, three, four years after Groundhog Day. Oh, really? Yeah, Groundhog Day was like 93. Okay. It was one of those that I definitely didn't see as a kid, or if I did, I would never have appreciated it. Yeah. It would have just blown by. Yeah, so, so, so where was the song from? So it ended up being from Russian Dolls. So I just like Googled, I had... That's the TV show on Netflix. That's the TV show on Netflix. I literally just Googled song time loop movie and, <laughs> and there was a reddit list of all songs because all these movies kind of have this hook so in groundhog day it was always that um sunny and sure song it would play and that was always the the kind of indication of the the reset the day it reset oh, i don't remember that I, i've never watched Russian I you, babe. Uh, and then you would know when you hear that song even if it was black you would know that it was was not a success him trying. Okay, yeah. So I just I just love that idea of a song being like a central hook in a movie and it like having such power. And it was this Paul McCartney song. Oh, and it ended up being Henry Nilsson. Okay. Yeah. Um. I've I've not got I got you, babe, stuck in my head. So. Yeah. Is is Russian Doll any good? Uh, the first season is amazing. Uh, the second season I've just started. It doesn't seem it hasn't hooked me as much. But the first because I season, mean, if if the concept is that she's in this time loop, I mean that can't continue for much longer. Oh no! It, 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 it changes took a, out. It, it took a total kind of different direction turn in the second season. Okay. I don't I don't want to ruin it. No, no. I yeah. I saw that woman in real life. I was at a theater in New York, and she sort of walked past. This is before Russian Doll, and I was like, oh, it's the chick from. American Pie. Yeah, she's got the <laughs> reddest hair. Ooh, it's it's so vibrant. It's like I'm kind of. I think they made it more it. red for Russian Doll. Yeah, like I, I mean, I'm kind of blind, and it pops on the screen. I'm like, <laughs> it's crazy. Have you um? Have you done? You haven't done the glasses yet, eh? Uh, no, not yet. Okay, so our dream, our dream as Short Straw is to is to give you those color correcting sunglasses so that you can just walk around and see the world. Uh, a good friend of mine, Shane, who works at Mr. Vinyl here at 44 Stanley, he did a walk around the other day and he was like, purples. <laughs> what is purple? And he was like, I've never experienced purple. And he was like, fire hydrants are vibrant. <laughs> <laughs> so you need to do it, man. And I want to be there to film you when you start crying. Because I think I need to be somewhere in nature. Because I think the one thing I miss out on is like, whenever I see flowers on a tree. Like, oh, look, it's the, the tree's blooming. I'm like, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, the whole magic of the universe is, is rather lost on you. Um, I need to now tell you I have finished season one of Yellow Jackets. Oh, and... And uh, I have only you to thank <laughs> for such an incredible pick. Um, it's on Showmax. Is it? Okay. It's, it's quite a journey. It is dark and it is... And it, there's, a, there's obviously a very real horrorness to it. But there's a very like undercurrent horrorness to it, and a lot of it has to do with that like theme song, just this kind of uneasy undercurrent, and like Leslie doesn't want to like be in the TV room at night. 
like for a week oh, after God. watching that. <laughs> I, I love that she's a grown woman. I love the tonal shift between the two when times, the, when the, the time the, between changes. the 90s and the 2000s. Because it definitely it feels so creepy when they go back to the 90s when they landed and just like the way the energy, the way they look at each other, and then and that gr- it's like that grungy, discordant theme song really like sets a tone oh it's perfect and, and and in a way that it just it's it's a little bit of an, an assault but yeah no it's an incredible tv show and uh yeah i'm glad that there's a second one on the way well, what i also appreciated season. is they kind of suggested the violence in the first episode and then didn't really come back to it until right towards the end so it was kind of like lingering like when is it happening when is it happening yeah yeah and you get they, that sort of glimmer of of yeah, so just to recap, the basic story is it's about uh, this team of young soccer player girls that are on an airplane and the plane crashes in the American wilderness and they are stuck there. And, um, and you, you know, this first season very much sort of follows their first sort of month or so in the, in the woods. But you know that they, they are there for as long as over a year. And as you're saying, in the beginning, in the first episode or two you get this like little teaser as to sort of how far they go they give you that flash forward well you assume it's a flash well you just see them in this particular way wearing these particular things and you're like oh my god this is how far it goes where they basically form this like weird tribe but i don't want to give too much away but 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 it's yeah and then the whole tv show especially the first season is them now in 2021 and cutting back to them in the 90s as they sort of reconcile what happened. And of course, most people, the general public, know of them, but don't know the extent of how far it got. They've kept and, it hidden. And, and what their secrets were yeah. that they all keep. And and you as the audience are, are, are slowly discovering how far these girls got when they sort of were stranded in the middle of nowhere. That's I went quite deep into researching like where they got the ideas from. And it actually came from, I think it was a male rugby team or male soccer team. They were flying and they flew into the Andes and the plane landed. You'd be surprised how quickly they went to eating the pilot. It's <laughs> <laughs> one of those things where it's like, uh, yeah, before you know it, yeah, it's, 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 it's They didn't kill anyone. They're, they're like eight people who'd kind of like died from natural causes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was, and that kind of like pieced a few other stories together. Mm. Yeah, so people go to crazy, crazy lengths. Did did you ever watch that movie Ravenous? No. So the only reason I like actually watched it was because it was, I think it's one of the only movies Damon Albarn's done a score for. Oh, interesting. And it's about, I, I, I think it that might be the rugby team that I'm getting confused, but it's a team or it's a whole group. It's a plane that lands somewhere in the mountains. And they all end up like eating each other. And it's like they get wow. energy and power. And it's just like your know, Damon Albarn's ominous score is just so, amazing. So a little bit supernatural in how they get power. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, ravenous. So that was, I saw that ages ago. But actually, I could give that another watch. Okay. Uh, but, w- what else have you been watching recently? Uh, I, I don't know if we mentioned. So everyone's seen Squid Game. And then there's mm. that guy who, in the beginning, he only has a small role. Where he, he does the slap, the guy who recruits him. Yes. I think he's quite a famous South Korean actor. Okay. And he's in a movie called Train to Busan. Busan. Yeah, I've heard of this. I watched, so there's that. And then there's a sequel. 
And then there's an is animated on, prequel. Is that on anything? Train to Busan. I think I might even actually be on Netflix. I think the sequel's Peninsula. You you might have to VPN on Netflix. Yeah. But um, I think it is there. But it's like a really really good zombie movie. Zombies. Yeah. So the wait the f- Peninsula. Yes. Peninsula is the sequel. So the the first one is them. They have to take a train and it's have to, they have to work their way from the back of the train to the front through the train of zombies. Rather, okay, 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 okay. Interesting because there's that makes me think of Snowpiercer. Yeah, it's which was Snowpiercer, which was a South Korean Bong Joon Ho from yeah. Parasite fame, and that became a TV show. And and that that was his Western movie. So that was an English movie. That yes. wasn't originally. Uh, South Korean, right? No, no, no. He made okay, it in so, English. Okay, that was an interesting one. That's its own story. Okay, so so this is a zombie movie on a train. On a train, where they got to make their way from one side of the train <laughs> to the other side. Yeah. Okay, um, and then the prequel is kind of like four years in the future, where the whole of South Korea has been quarantined, and it's like a heist movie where they have to get a truck full of money and get it out of there. It's, it's like, it takes a totally different tone and it's a completely different cost. Okay, but, uh, but it's in the same worlds in the same same universe. worlds. Yeah, that reminded me more of that. Um, what is that Netflix zombie movie that came out? Um, well, have you heard of the? Sorry to digress, but this is definitely on Netflix. There's a TV show. There's a South Korean TV show called The Kingdom. The Kingdom. Why the Kingdom? Sounds so familiar. Well, Kingdom, no. and it's and it's in old school like warring nation south korean history like like traditional uh kingdoms and kings and in and like they wear the it's, it, they wear the most incredible hats and basically a a form of kind of zombie-esque sort of disease breaks out oh, so it's wow. not it's not okay. full-on zombies it's not just like a sort of a fantasy it's a little it's rooted in a little bit more realism in that it's this kind of rabid disease more hmm. it's more like a disease than it is like full-on zombies but they are effectively zombies and i was watching it with cole in lockdown and so it's all in south korean it's in the most incredible costume and set design because it's in like old school like three or four sort of centuries ago and like the king is this mad king and he's got this like disease and fuck, incredible huh. i'm sure it's the kingdom the kingdom Oh, definitely going to check that out. Okay, cool. Uh, earlier, I mentioned that podcast about that episode, that uh, guy wh- wh- who hears the song. So, yeah. So that podcast is Reply All, and they kind of deal with the way technology influences people, and it's it's, it's the internet. It's super interesting. Um, A podcast called Reply All. Reply All. Yeah, that's okay. one of my favorites. Okay. So this particular episode, every time I have an opportunity to play, like if I've got 45 minutes with someone, I play this episode. I think I've played it nine times. Okay. Like I've heard it. I've Whoever I've played it for has only heard it the once. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. But the whole idea basically is that people write in with problems. It's called tech support. So like te- technology-related questions. And this guy, the, to sum it up without really ruining it, he remembers the song that he heard on the radio and he's like singing it to his wife and she's never heard it and he tries to google it and find the song and it just doesn't exist on the internet okay and it drives this guy insane and, and this is a true story this, this is happened a true story. to, uh, to Ab- someone absolutely okay. true 
And he's got the song in his head, but no one knows what he's talking about. Okay, so he takes it to this podcast. He takes it to this podcast, and just basically they try and like recreate the song based on this guy's memory, and they go into like a proper studio. And they go and they shop, they play the song to as many people as possible, going, do you know what this is? Do you know what this is? Do you know what this yes. is? And it is the most satisfying ending you've ever like experienced in Okay, anything. is it a famous song? No. Okay. No. Okay. No, it's just the story about... And, and, and it's a true song. It's a song that existed. Yeah, and they kind of explain how this guy heard the song, but no one else does, and it will blow your mind. Okay. Yeah. All right, so I, Reply All. Reply All, and the episode's called The Case of the Missing Hit. But okay. like the whole the whole show's amazing, but like that's a really okay. good one I'd to like to yeah, identify uh, an episode here and there. I, I went back on um, Armchair Expert to finally listen to their Obama episode, which was their first episode when they moved to Spotify. Oh, okay. Which was quite cool I've to kind watch. I've forgotten about And then that relatively show. early on as well uh, is an interview with Kate Beckinsale. I heard, I heard that. Did you hear that one? I heard that. It was long. I remember it was a long interview. But it was. It's yeah, but she's like a very smart woman. Very smart, and 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 that's what came across so so well was that, you know, here's Maybe, the person. Is it person, not the, the accent? Well, <laughs> no, the, I know she the is British, smart. but the British accent can do that. Where like the American accent, maybe the world could judge someone with like a southern drawl, but I don't think that that is rooted in too much. But like today, like a, a posh English accent can do so much like and make smart, someone and make someone sound <laughs> so much smarter than like a, a perhaps like a Cockney Lots accent. But she, yeah, it was lovely to 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 listen to that because she went to Oxford and studied like Russian literature and like and she got her hectic stuff with her parents and her. One yeah, she sort of grew up with her like, mom. Her dad died. I think when she her was dad was young. apparently very famous. Yes. A very famous yeah. actor who died when he was about 30. And then she had to deal with it as a kid. And like no one, she, she couldn't understand why everyone was so sad around her. Yeah. Oh, no, it's a lot I, to deal with. I, I, I must say, I really, like, I think you put me onto podcasts m more than anyone else. I think I was going to get to them eventually. But yeah. it was when we were traveling, touring, and you were listening to WTF in the bath in England <laughs> and I was listening to it play and then you just kept hammering on that I need to listen to to Mark Marin. um so then you put you put me onto armchair expert you you were listening to no such thing as a fish before I knew what podcasts were I remember that so uh, you kind of, oh, okay. You, you went too far. Okay, so like, you put me onto the shows. You put me onto WTF. We were doing like parallel things. Like I remember listening the first podcast I heard was that Ricky Gervais podcast. It was Many years ago. I mean, that was close to like 15, 20 years ago. Well, I've been, I've been an admirer of them for ages. And, and yeah, it's just great to, to sort of slowly start developing one now. Uh, WTF and then, yeah, Armchair Expert, this, this Kate Beckinsale thing's great. I just love the fact that you can see the humanity behind these people. Obviously, most of them would be celebrities or just experts or whichever sort of show you, you're listening to. But you really get the sense of like their childhood, who they are, their parents, their upbringing. And it's, it's lovely to see like who, yeah, just, just, just seeing people's histories. Because I mean, obviously we're, we're in the industry. We have like a little bit of a behind the scenes, like sneak behind the peek behind the curtains kind of thing. But I think for a lot of people, they see celebrities and musicians and they just like, don't see them as real people. Mm. And 
for the w- the way that Mark gets people to open up is yeah, is Mark, unreal. Good old Mark Marin. Um, I still maintain the Bill Burr episode with Conan O'Brien was <laughs> single-handedly one of the best podcast episodes I've ever listened to. They just they're 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 in this like I lane. Did, they're in this partic- they're in this particular lane that where each of them makes each other sort of that much funnier, and and it's it's just great. The Paul Rudd one. Did you listen to that one? Yes, and he, and he manages to do the thing. The joke, the the Mac and me. The Mac and me <laughs> joke. Um, it's worth uh, people sort of knowing this joke exists, but but uh, you, you you can discover that on your own. But um, w- what other what other stuff? What what else have you been enjoying? Um, going back to oh, I've got something that you're gonna love. <coughs> yeah, it's called The Offer. Is okay. that a movie? No, it's a it's a limited series. It's ten episodes. It's just started on DSTV, and it is about the producer of The Godfather. Oh, my dad was telling me about this. He so said it's really good. I'm one episode in. It's very it's very filmmakery and like film industry for the first episode, but you know it's going to get juicy because they're just hammering out the sort of. That's why I surprised my dad was work. watching it. But but it Miles Teller, who you realize is one of those guys you can trust. Is he right? the director? No, no, he plays the role of the producer. Okay. And Miles Teller is an actor you'll recognize immediately. He was he was in Whiplash. He's been in a bunch of stuff. He was in that famous, the famous what is it called, the Fantastic Four remake. Oh, but that's, that, that should that not one. be what he's remembered by. But the best is Whiplash, where he's the drummer. Oh, is he the drummer, dude? Okay, I know exactly. Okay, who you remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so he, apart from this, this famous four. Fantastic Four. What, what was that? The Fantastic Four. Just Fantastic, Fantastic Four. Yeah. Apart from that remake, which everybody knows and has f- and forgets and should forget, um, he, he makes really great choices. So he's one of those actors that you can kind of trust and rely on. And, and so he plays the role of the, the true story of the guy who produces The Godfather okay. against kind of all odds. It was one of those, um, the climate was there where everyone was like, nobody wants to see a gangster movie how the you kind of see how the book came to be my dad was saying like they the, the mafia kind of let them do it but they couldn't use the word mafia yeah and so at the so without giving too much away at the end of the first episode you get a sense that the actual mafia the actual gangsters are intimidated and worried about the fact that this book has now been so popular and is now going to become a movie because they're afraid of what it might expose or what it might um, do for them and so the last episode, the first episode ends with like this very real indication that like they're watching what these producers are doing. So you're going to, so in the show, you sort of see the actual mafia happening and kind mm. of like New York and being sort of, you know, going about its business. And then you see the Hollywood guys, you know, producing this movie and how this movie is getting made. And of course, the next 10 episodes are going to be how these worlds like kind of come together as the movie gets made. It's it's so crazy. I mean, now you just think of gangster or mafia movies, and it's just like, oh, it was just a genre. But like, there always has to be a first of its kind. Well, this wasn't even necessarily a first. What was interesting about it was like, people were saying, ah, oh, nobody wants nobody wants to see a gangster movie anymore. They were sort of a little dead in the water as a genre. Especially how James Cagney was in gangster movies. But but the the what made The Godfather special, and even when the guy was writing a book. Um, was this idea that 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 they're people? 
They're real people. Yeah. They got families. They got hopes. They got dreams. They got. They cook. You know, they the the the, 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 do, the their kids have got birthdays. You know, and so if you bring a humanity into this gangster movie or into this gangster story, it just can ring truer because everyone can now identify with it, yeah. and that's what made the book Mario Puzo's book so famous at the time. And then that was the essence that they had to kind of capture in the movie. And that's what made the movie so special. Apparently Coppola literally had the book on set and he was working from it. Yeah, so the guy guy who plays Coppola um, is the dude from... um, (laughs) Have you seen the ping pong movie, Balls of Fury? Yeah. It's the dude that's sort of like fat, chubby-cheeked, like kind of... um, And he was also in that sort of 80s movie, Take, Take Me Out or... Night out or something, but he's been not he's all, hot tub time machine. Not hot tub time machine. It was when they all go out for that party. It's called Take Me Out Tonight. It's got Topher Grace in it. Okay, and he's the sort of like funny guy. Um, but he's only really ever been in sort of quite silly movies. But now he looks so convincing as Coppola because they've given him the beard, they've given him the right hairstyle. Oh, awesome! I mean, watch, watching Pam and Tommy, which is also kind of <gasps> like a. Have you started watching it? Yeah, I think I'm thinking I'm like three or four episodes in. It's okay. great. Is it good? It's like the weird. It's, it's Seth Rogen is the censor, but he's this guy who kind of like sneaks in. He's the sort of pool guy or something. What is, he's what is he a, he's a, um, a handyman. He's the handyman who, who... They fire him and then he's like, fuck, screw this. And then he kind of like... He's the guy who steals the, the tape, sex tape. Yeah. And it, it keeps on switching perspectives, which is quite amazing. Like I find it very interesting that that's on Disney+. Plus. Is it Disney+. Plus? It's on Disney+. Plus. Oh, wow. Okay. But oh, yeah, I mean, we're getting Disney Plus. It's coming soon. Yeah, but they will soon be available on Disney Plus, which is fine. I think, is it raunchy? Is it, it's not explicit, is it? I mean, there was a three second shot of Tommy Schlong. In like the just, yeah, there's, there's like a lot of his Schlong. It's very explicit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Like where it needs to be. It's like not. But interesting that that's going to now come out on Disney Plus. I mean, I guess it's going to be behind some kind of. Age restriction. Sort of age block, you well, it's know. Like, it's up to parents to set age restrictions. Because I know on DSTV, I'm sure you can set an age no, restriction. No, but sure. But I mean, when Disney Plus comes out, it's going to obviously be 90% Disney fun stuff. There must so be a way this to kind of more violent, explicit stuff. It's behind a different... It's behind uh, a different profile or, yeah. or something. I'm sure they'll be good with that. Because I mean, technically, Miramax is owned by Disney. And they did like Pulp Fiction... So I mean, it's owned by Disney. It's crazy. So I mean, those movies must be on Disney Plus. I'm sure they will be. I'm sure they will be. Um, you know, uh, Tommy Lee's genitalia were a very big part of that story. Really? Well, they were. I mean, at, at the time. I mean, I remember when the sex tape came out. When they were together, they had this kind of whirlwind sort of romance where they were married after like what like a week or something crazy or two weeks engaged within they a few engaged. days yeah, uh, yeah and and um and they were the first yeah they were the first sort of sex tape the first celebrity sex tape at least of our generation i think rob lowe had something in the 80s but that. but it was a big deal for us adolescent boys it's just so weird because you see all the behind the scenes stuff and when they realize what they have, the tape. It's just like, what are we looking at? I've never seen anything like this before. Is this what I think it is? It's, it's amazing. Like, that's yeah. the best part of the whole thing. It's because it was so new. And yeah, no, I, I really dug that. And 
Yeah, Seth Rogen, because he produced a TV show. It ended a few years ago called Preacher, which was based okay. on a comic that I absolutely loved. Oh. And I couldn't, I couldn't watch the show. That was just, it wasn't right. They just changed too much and mixed things around. Was he, was he in it? He wasn't in it. I think he was one of the writers and producers. He mostly gets things right. At least in my opinion. That's why I was quite surprised. And the original writer of the comic show was also one of the producers and writers. And it's just, the tone was all wrong. Could it have been your opinion? Daniel loved it. (laughs) I don't know. Okay. No, so maybe it was just your expectations. I know that's, that's obviously the hardest thing in adaptations, especially with books, is that you've kind of imagined this person. Or this figure, or this—you've imagined this tone, and, and it's but I mean, it's a comic because they're literally drawn, so it's not even like I have to imagine that far. Okay. And I think they just changed some characters you, they, too they much. They got that right. They got that wrong. Yeah. They, yeah. they did an adaptation of Good Omens. I don't know if that sounds familiar to you. No, no. I, I only know of Preacher because you've spoken about yeah. the comics. So th- th- it was a BBC thing. It's Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Um, it was American Gods. He did American Gods, and then Terry Pratchett, who did Discworld. So it was a few years before Terry Pratchett died, the two of them got together to write this book that's almost like a parody of The Omen. What's the, what do you mean by The Omen? The Omen was a book in the 70s, and they made it into a movie. The whole idea is that Damon, Damien, uh, the son of Lucifer, will be born through a normal woman. Okay. And then he'll grow up, and the, um, the revolution or like the end of the world, he'll signal that. Yeah. So in Good Omens, the the parody book, everything kind of happens. Damien's born, but there's a mix-up at the hospital, and Damien, the babies are switched. So the whole time, all oh, these demons right. and angels are kind of like watching and trying to push this boy to make sure he becomes evil. But he's the, he's not the but one. But he's just this ordinary guy. And the the actual Damien's like living within some middle-aged family, and it's just it's like perfect perfect humor. And they they did an adaptation. I think it came out just in lockdown and Neil Gaiman wrote the script and it was it was too good it was like it was exactly exactly right and like it made me a bit like uncomfortable because it was like you're exactly like, how you were like something's 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 gonna be wrong um okay so there was so that was a a, a book that a the book. two of them wrote that then was a movie in the 70s no 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 well, the idea the, the yeah. omen came out in the 70s the book and the movie and then like 20 years later they wrote this parody book called Good Omens the and same, this, oh, okay, so the same guys. I, I don't know who wrote the original. Oh, uh, okay, yeah, okay. But it's like a classic horror movie. And that was that premise. Or the Good good Omen is when the, no, I switched. They were switched. Okay, yeah. so Good so, Omen so is So in the, the Omens, switching. it actually happens and he becomes like, he brings on. Okay, the but the in Good Omens is, gets, is this joke of, of the babies being switched. Yeah, and what happens? Exactly. What happens if these babies were switched at childbirth? Okay, yeah. And that was a TV show that you watched in, in lockdown. Lo- in lockdown. Yeah. And now they've made a second season, which is bizarre because Terry Pratchett is dead. He's passed away. Yeah. yeah. But he, they'd kind of like written an outline of an idea for a story. Okay. And then Neil Gaiman went and co-wrote it with someone. So I think that is going to be incredible because I have zero expectations with what that's, where that's going. Okay. I need to watch Good Omen. Yeah. I think it was on Amazon. Okay. Get that, yeah. I love the idea of yeah, this sort of the switching. Like I love the idea of the boys. Which is like one little thing happening that offsets everything. Yeah, well also it's like the boys are so great, which is the also on Amazon, which is 
if we lived in this Marvel universe where um, where these guys were like a bit corrupted and yeah. like a bit like not necessarily the nicest people or like how difficult it might be to actually be this kind of infinite power and nothing will go wrong, you know, like like you kind of get corrupted oh, as a as a corporation. Obviously, there's a bit more to it, but the boys is funny and new one, new season great. coming this year. Yeah, in a few months. Yeah, and that, and that's Seth Rogen just to tie back. He he's involved in the boys. Oh really? Yeah, he's okay. he's one of the producers of the boys. Because oh, that makes a lot of sense because the boys was originally written by Garth Ennis, who wrote Preacher. So obviously Seth Rogen has a relationship with Garth Ennis from Preacher. Okay. And they took it forward and good thing they didn't stuff the boys. Well, I haven't read the boys, so that's probably why I enjoyed it. More yeah, than you Preacher. you and Graham who also works at the video store are the are the are, are the perfect sort of commentators on the stuff because you are guys that have actually read some of this original source material. Like you've read Preacher, you've And what was the one with the little kid that was the deer? that we spoke about that was on Netflix oh I hadn't watched it but I, I did but you Google, read the comic book I, I, I saw some I read some of them it was a massive series it was called Sweet Tooth Sweet Tooth but the art was the original so art the whole was world so was introduced creepy. to Sweet Tooth the, the very pretty sweet and you know interesting TV show that sort of popped up on Netflix about a year ago. But it was this but like you, weird you, gothic comic series. You exposed me to the comic series where it was like quite creepy. It's just very interesting when that stuff gets adapted and just gets this like glossier thing. Or well, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. It's interesting. What I found interesting on because Amazon released The Boys, but then they also released another superhero series called Invincible. Yeah, now Cole, uh, the last time we worked at the video store, Cole recommended i watch invincible oh it is it is like it's so violent it's insane yeah but if you like the boys they'd released i think it was eight or nine short one-off cartoons and they were all some of them were in the style of invincible like super violent with sub characters from the boys with sub characters i don't know if it's i, I found it somewhere okay yeah you must check that no, out no i must no you're the second person that's spoken about invincible but and yeah so that's because people that's also based on a comic yeah. and as far as i know the the first episode covers the entire first like 12 episodes because the the reveal on the end of the first episode only happens after issue 12 in the comic okay so apparently it gets like right to the point okay, and cool. it's, it's so insane and the twists and yeah, that's, that's that's one to check out all right sweet my guy so yeah, okay, I'm going to watch Invincible. What are you going to watch? What is that one? Um, the Kingdom. On the Kingdom. And you should also check out The Offer. The Offer. Which yeah, is on my, DSTV. My dad told me to get that as well. Yeah, I think I'm fully sorted for this weekend. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> All right, that's the show. Thank you for tuning in. That was myself, Russell Grant, uh, along with Gad DeCombers. And uh, this episode was mixed and engineered by Graham Hackney. Uh, you can join our ever-growing community over on Facebook. We are facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash the video store. And over on Instagram, we are the video store pod. Lacquer. All right. All the best. See you soon. <laughs>